So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. How about that? How about that? Who knows what day it is besides Sunday? What was it? It is Pentecost. So we're speaking on the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. That is cool because Pastor Lee didn't realize that till later. <laughs> so that typically means God's got this. God is doing something. You should have seen my face two weeks ago. I don't know when it was, two, three weeks ago. And uh, then Sunday morning, and I came in, and Pastor Lee says, Hey, how would you like to speak on the Holy Ghost? <laughs> well, actually, I think he said the Holy Spirit. So, I'm trying to say the Holy Spirit. How would you like to, to preach on June 9th about the Holy Spirit? My jaw dropped. Uh, uh, yes? What, what, are, what are the controls? What, what, are, what are the guidelines that I'm allowed to operate in and, and, and speak in? And you know what his, his response was? It's open. Wow. As I look around, how many wore tennis shoes? Does that scare you? with the question? <laughs> By the silence, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Oh no, he's going to be crazy. You know, what we're going to look at today is the person of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? If if I'm coming up here and saying, hey, by the time you leave here today, you're going to know everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit. If that's your expectation, it's not going to happen. It would take a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to learn about the Holy Spirit. There's many aspects of the Holy Spirit, but today we're we're gonna we're gonna start. How's that? Y'all ready for this? Now I will warn you when the joke's coming. Okay? Yeah, we will handle that at its proper time. Now. It's, it's interesting to me, um, I, I mean, you guys know, I come from a Pentecostal background. And for some people, that could mean a lot of different things, okay? Um, I, I was brought up in, uh, in my education, so to speak, uh, in the Assemblies of God, okay? Which is a fellowship of Pentecostal churches, okay? It's, it, it's a Pentecostal. But I've also gone to non-denominational churches over the last few decades that um, were very Pentecostal, okay? And what comes to mind right away is, is when I was down visiting a, uh, my cousins down in North Carolina, went to a uh, particular church and I've got to tell you, and just try just for a minute, just for a minute, to place yourself in the, the church that I'm about to describe. Just, just for a minute. If you're here with somebody, you might want to hold their hand. Okay, but... So, come into this church and... Uh, I was the brightest person in the room. All right? That's not the joke. All right. I'll give you fair warning. Uh, okay. Uh, so, 
We go in, they're already, by the way, it's a very small room, very crowded. Okay, the, the, the platform was probably about that big, and there, was, there were drums and keyboards and tambourines, and I don't know how many people, six, seven, eight, nine people up there, and you, you know, you know. Anybody watch The Jerk, Steve Martin? Okay, that, that's me. All right. But they're going, and the lady stands up, and she's singing, and, and they hand a mic over to somebody in the audience, and I was even turning whiter, thinking like, oh, that's what happens here? And she gets up and starts singing, and it's crazy, and everybody's... You, 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 you know, you get the picture and it's getting lively and woo, hooping and hollering and everything. I was a little scared. Because I didn't understand what was going on. Would you describe that as maybe a little, a little crazy? I might be playing with this a little bit today, so I... Stretch out. What would you think about if you saw people with banners, signs, you know? Or little ribbons or hankies or, you know, going on, something like that? What if, what if people were uh, in a church setting or you know, people all around you were uh, yelling out things, but all different things at different times? It seemed a little crazy, wouldn't it? What, what, if, um, what if you witnessed and you saw, you, you know, you were there and people were high-fiving and hugging spontaneously spontaneously people they didn't even know how many introverts we got in the building just a quick show, show of hands I'm sorry I apologize <laughs> I'm not gonna get a, how many extroverts do we have okay there we go all the extroverts are like yeah here introverts are like oh, sure. <laughs> no mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't know, spontaneous hugging makes me sweat. <laughs> but huge wigs, maybe? Red, white, and blue? Face painted? Number seven. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, I was describing an NFL game, by the way. Defense, defense, defense. Woo! High five, touchdown. Hey! It'll be quick. I didn't add anything about beer and pretzels or whatever. But what I just described there... It was really an NFL game. It wasn't church at all. But here's my point to that. We all have different perceptions of who the Holy Spirit is. Or what happens when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. Or, or, or we carry these things with us that when we... we I want to stay away from the crazy stuff. And that sounds crazy, so I'm going to put it in a box. Everything, and just set it there, and be over here, and I'll celebrate Jesus. Pray to the Father. But the Holy Spirit can be scary, because I don't really understand. Because, you know, you think about it, they've got movies with the, the force. And we think about, well, is that how the Holy Spirit is? A, a force. 
that you can tap into. Yeah, you're laughing because it's out there. You think about um, maybe you've seen or heard or thought that the Holy Spirit is some sort of mysterious gift that certain people have that give them superpowers. You know, flying? No, not flying. That's Superman. But, but a, a thought of, well, the Holy Spirit is, I'm not really sure what the Holy Spirit is. But I've seen people on TV smacking people on the forehead. Is that the Holy Spirit? <laughs> That's assault and battery. Uh, I've seen weird things. So maybe I need to put the weird things over in that box. Because I don't really know and it makes me uncomfortable. Holy Spirit has been described as a fire, a dove, wind, fog, rain. And, and, and there's attributes or descriptions to try to understand who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit's not a bird. But yet we read that He descended like a dove. Today, we're going we're to put all that stuff, the perceptions, we're, we're going to set them off to the side. We're going to look past that today. Okay? So, uh, some may have come in here today and thinking, well, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Keeps talking about tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah we're kidding, right? Yeah. Now, if you have the urge to get up and run around the church, I'm not going to stop you. We can have fun in church, right? Okay. Well, 70%, good. The other 30%, you're waiting for the joke, aren't you? Alright, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're going to take a look at the Holy Spirit out of uh, John. What? Not Acts? No, we're going to look at John today. Uh, if, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're not going to read yet, but I want to set some things up. But just get to John chapter 14. Okay. We'll get there. We're, we're going to hang out there for a little bit. <clears throat> Give you a minute. I want to set the stage a little bit on what's going on right then and there. We've got the um, disciples with Jesus. This is after the triumphal uh, uh, ride into Jerusalem. Jesus has already been on the donkey. All right, he's entered Jerusalem. You know, it's it's. Days before, uh, is just before his uh, crucifixion. Okay. Now we look at this and we see the timeline because we're looking at what has happened and we know what's coming. But let me remind you at this point, the disciples really didn't know what was right around the corner. Jesus knew. But the disciples didn't know. Now, what was going on uh, in these few chapters, in, in 14, 15, 16, and, 
and so on, those few chapters, Jesus, knowing what is coming, is giving instruction to the disciples. And they were unsure why He was kind of doing this. And, and we're not going to read all of those chapters, but just understand at this point, Judas has, has run off to get the soldiers and he's going to be coming, circling back around at, at some point. And, um, you, you know, this is Jesus has already washed their feet, kind of picturing this. And he's discussing with them some instructions just before he's getting ready to leave. So, grab hold, wrap your head around that for a minute. What type of instructions would Jesus want to impart? Important ones, right? Important instructions. Because from the disciples, hey, Jesus is teaching all the time. At that point, three years, Jesus has been ministering. Disciples with Jesus over a three-year period of time, there were many times when Jesus was teaching. So, it wasn't that unusual that Jesus was teaching, but there was something different. And that difference was that Jesus knew what was right, imminently going to happen. And He needed to prepare the disciples for what was going to happen. Now, If you have, I got two Bibles. You know that's a double-barreled, right? Again, just to scare you. John chapter fourteen. We're going to read a few verses starting at fifteen and go down to twenty-six. Verse fifteen. <clears throat> if you love me. <clears throat> you will keep My commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet, a little while in the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home, our home, with Him. Whoever does not love Me does not keep My words. And the word that you hear is not Mine, but the Father's who sent Me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance 
all that I have said to you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You for Your Word, as the song says, the red letters. We thank You that You've spoken Your Word, that You've captured Your Word. Holy Spirit, fill this place to overflowing. Open our ears, open our hearts to receive what You've prepared. Now, Father, I pray this morning that I'm able to step aside, that You can speak through me, whether they're written on this, these notes or not. Let Your Word go forth and accomplish what You want. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat> We're going to focus on a couple words here. Let's go back to um, verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father, and He will give you... What's that next word? Another. We're not going to skip over that. But another what? Another helper. Another. Another. So there was one, and now there's another. We get it, Dan. Move on. Okay. No. I want to slow it down here a little bit because this is important. The Greek word, yeah, you're getting a little Greek this morning. The Greek word for another is alon. Alon. The meaning of that is another of the same kind. As opposed to a Greek word that's heteros, H-E-T-E-R-O-S, meaning another of a different kind. So Jesus is saying, I will ask the Father to send another of the same kind. Not a different kind. The same kind. Well, of the same kind of what? These guys were with Jesus for three years, right? He walked with them. He taught them. There was a storm. And He calmed the sea. There were thousands of people that were hungry and they got fed. There were many miraculous things that had happened that those disciples had seen over that three year period of time. And now, Jesus is saying, I am sending another. I ask the Father, the Father will send another of the same kind, there's, it's an element of continuity. Okay, that's great. What's that all mean? I'm going to push this. This is the pause button. We're going to push this on pause for a second. There's situations that we can find ourselves in that we're comfortable or uncomfortable. Now, I'm going to relate uh, you know, to something as an example. How many here remember the Rainbow Sweeper? Okay, yeah. We'll pause a second because that's really reaching back a few years. Rainbow Sweepers. Okay? We've got some heads like, I don't know where you're going. Rainbow gets me a little nervous. Okay, no. Okay. Kirby might be the same thing. I'm going to use the example of, uh, of Rainbow. Because it's a weird sweeper. Who remembers the one weird thing about it? It had water in it. A sweeper with water. Crazy. 
I was living in uh, West Virginia, and that's uh, this is back in the early 90s, and I had somebody, you know, hey, I'm selling rainbow sweepers. You know, I don't remember the, the detail about it or anything. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> but he, here's the thing that I, I want to describe. Put yourself as that sales guy. You are now selling a rainbow vacuum. You've got to go door to door. How many are comfortable with that? No, not even the extroverts. There's probably one extrovert in here who said, yeah, give it to me. Come on, I can sell anything. All right. It's Greg. He said it would be him. No. Not in West Virginia. I didn't say I lived in the hills of West Virginia. Didn't live in Boone County. It would be a little bit scary. Growing up, I was involved in baseball, you know, forever and everything. And sometimes it'd, you'd have to sell raffle tickets or candy bars or things like that. And that was a little unnerving, too, just to knock on the door and, and say, Hey, um, would you like to support Byers Town Baseball Association 50 50 raffle? We're going <sighs> we're, we're, we're gonna to raise money so we can buy new baseballs. Or, or sell candy bars, or, you know, got to high school, I was the number one sales guy for t-shirts that uh, supported our baseball team there. Yeah. And uh, as a junior, number two guy uh, in, uh, number two? Maybe I was number one. I'll have to look. I'm getting old. I don't remember these things. But uh, uh, selling um, the uh, yearbook ads, I was number one for that, yearbook ads. And number two, previous year for uh, magazine subscriptions. I mean, come on, we don't even... Nobody, when was the last time somebody knocked on your door to sell you a magazine subscription? Yeah, it doesn't happen, right? But put yourself in, in that situation, it'd be unnerving. We're selling rainbow sweepers, right? Now, what if, what if, the guy that invented the rainbow sweeper took you aside and taught you every detail of that rainbow sweeper. Okay, you're feeling a little bit more confident right now, aren't you? How it works, how when you vacuum it up, there's, uh, I love this one. You, they're sitting on carpet, they have a, a light, they brush it against the carpet, the, the dust and everything comes up, they shine the light and you see all this stuff floating in the air and they say, you're breathing this. And they go on to describe how the water is in there so that the, the, the air, the, it's being sucked in and gets trapped in the water because there's nothing better than water to trap Carpet dust. Okay. But you've got this inventor, the creator of the rainbow sweeper. You've got this engineer who knows how everything works and he spent time teaching you. Mentoring you. Now it's your time to go out and sell the sweepers. Even with that preparation, you might be a little bit nervous, right? Now, that guy, who wants to give him a name? Bob? Let's, Steve? Alright, Steve. Steve now, I should have looked that up. Who invented the rainbow sweeper? Steve did, that's who did. Steve's now going to be right there beside you. He's going to be elbow to elbow with you as you knock on the door. He's a resource for you. He is going to help you sell the rainbow sweeper. 
confidence goes up a little bit more, right? I got something I can't answer. Steve? Steve goes in. Yep, this is how it works. This is how... Confidence kind of goes up a little bit more. Okay, knock on the door. Go get him, Steve. Steve's a good guy. Knows lots of stuff. You guys kind of know where I'm going with this now. Kind of caught on to that. There is another of the same kind as Jesus. You see, Jesus was physically there with them for three years. And He's getting ready to go. He is giving instruction to the disciples. Hey guys, I'm going away. I'm going away. That'd freak you out. My sweeper guy, Steve's going away. Jesus is going away. That could be scary. But I'm going to ask the Father. And He's going to send another of the same kind to be with you. Another of the same kind. Now, how many have um, ESV in here today? It says helper, right? NIV, a couple NIVs, counselor, yeah? NLTs, no NLTs today? It says counselor. Wait. King James. Yeah. All right. All right. What do we got there? Just yell it out. Comforter. Got to love this, right? Here's a popular one. Jerusalem Bible. Who's got the Jerusalem Bible here this morning? Nobody? It's in Jerusalem. Alright. Well, if not the Jerusalem Bible, the New English Bible. Nobody? Alright. How about the New Revised Standard Version? Still? I thought we'd have at least one. Advocate. Advocate. What's an advocate? I'm sorry? One that goes to bat for you. One that publicly supports a cause or a policy or something. The word that is used here is paraclete. Alright. Are you ready? This is the moment you've been waiting for. Matter of fact, it's so important, I'm getting back up there. This is, oh yeah, here we go. Alright, so do you guys know that I grew up in baseball and that, blah, 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 right? So picture yourself there and on a baseball field, there's dirt and there's grass and, and you hit and you run the bases, right? So, in, Uber, in order to maneuver through the grass so you don't slip and fall, so that you're able to negotiate and, and, and make your way through, God's given us a pair of cleats. Uh -huh. Huh? Yeah? Alright. Wah, wah, wah. Okay. You know, when it said off the cuff three weeks ago, It had a little bit more something, zing. Yeah. Watering it down, Pastor Lee, can you hear me? Uh, watering it down week after week, you know, it's... Mm, holy Mizuno. That's, that's a brand. Okay. 
<laughs> Are we talking about the gifts of the Spirit? No, that's... We're, so, you're allowed to have fun in church, right? We're going to. Now, looking at these two words, another of the same kind. The Greek word is paraclete. An advisor, an intercessor, a strengthener, an ally, a friend, a counselor, a comforter, a helper. Talking about the Holy Spirit here. Jesus is explaining to his disciples hey, guys, I'm going away, but fear not. Don't be afraid because another of the same kind as me is coming. I'm asking the Father He's sending. He will be a helper to you. He will be a counselor, a comforter. He will be there with you. In our analogy, He will be there like Steve. He'll be closer to you than Steve. He will be there. But who is He? The Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an it. He is not the Star Wars force. He's not electricity. He's a person. Alright, well let, let's... You don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes, you might want to mark these things down and, and take a look at this a little bit later, but the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Now, in Acts 21, starting at verse 10 and 11, this is where Agabus is talking to uh, Paul and his, his folks there and says, hey, the owner of this belt. But what does he say? He says, thus says the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit speaks. And he goes on to say, the Holy Spirit says the owner of this belt will be bound in such a way. Dot, dot, dot. The Holy Spirit speaks. You see, the Holy Spirit is a person. Hebrews 3.7 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and it refers to Psalm 95, verses 7-11 through 11, if you're taking notes, referring to the inspiration of the Scripture. See, the Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. I thought he was going to preach the whole sermon. I'm thinking, like, there's not going to be much left for me to talk about. Really going to have to stretch this uh, rainbow thing out a little bit. But... The work of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a few scriptures here and then we'll, we'll wrap this all in a nice little basket here. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. John, you're already there. John 14, 26. But the Helper, it's the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, he will teach you all things. Let's continue reading. What else will He do? You got this on the, the pre-sermon notes. He will remind you. He will bring back to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I know for me, 
There's been times where I find myself in a conversation with somebody that's maybe they're hurting, and then it's as if some words that I wasn't even thinking about come into my head. And I'm able to speak those words. Hey, that, that seems appropriate right now. What a great... And you speak those words and they have a big impact. The Holy Spirit will speak like that. Now, you can reject that. We'll get to that in just a minute. But the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance as you're in those times. As you're calling as as I had called somebody last night that had lost their husband. He was only 38 years old. And you can ask Shelly, what do I say? What do I say? Now, I had married them some years ago. All of a sudden, he passed away. They have five children. God, I need your words. I need your words, not mine. The Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance things that you were taught. He will teach you as Jesus was teaching the disciples. He will continue another of the same kind. The Holy Spirit will testify about Jesus. And you can just jot this down. That's John 15.26. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of guilt. Meaning, expose the guilt of the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's a sermon in itself. We'll look into that in the future at some point. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. That's John 16.13. Alright. Why? Basic fundamental question and answer. You all have I have an assignment. We have a purpose. He has a will, a plan, a purpose for each one of us. We're not left on our own, but He has sent another of the same kind, the paraclete, the helper, the teacher, the counselor, the comforter, the advocate to be with us. Well, you, how, how does that work? And we're going to close on this today. I realize some of you may have come in today and, and, and think, I was expecting the hooping and hollering and... and, and you, you know, thought he was going to be speaking in tongues up there or something. So it might be a little bit underwhelming. But make no mistake with what I'm about to say. You need to grab it, hold on to it, comprehend it, wrap your head around it, whatever word you want to use. When you do, your life will never be the same. If you are a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've heard that. No, no, no. Wrap your head around it. If you're a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you. If we were talking rainbow sweeper, Steve is not beside you, he's in you. The same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead 
resides in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's got a plan and a purpose and a sign for each one of us here. The Holy Spirit is to help us accomplish that. Galatians 5, 16-18, and this is, my, I guess, my second closing. This is out of the NLT, and I like how the NLT says it. If you don't mind, I like to walk around, right? I know you never noticed that. Galatians 5, 16-18. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. What's that mean? Guys, there's a battle going on. There's a a fight. Your mind is a battleground. You got the Holy Spirit who is a gentleman. And, And let me just insert, you have the Holy Spirit in you if you are born again. Remember, He's there. But you've got the sinful nature trying to get your attention, yelling and screaming at you. Entertain me. Give me pleasure. Let's have fun. Screaming and yelling. Don't read, check Facebook out. Don't go to church. Go there instead. It's better for you. You can fill in your own blank there. There's a a battle. Two opposites coming against to pull your attention. You see, the trick is it's not how much of the Holy Spirit you have, because I'm telling you, you have the Holy Spirit if you are born again. But how much of the Holy Spirit has you? Oh, I've heard that cliche. Throw the cliches off to the side. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to listen to what the Holy Spirit says. You mean the Holy Spirit speaks? Yeah, we talked about that already. The Holy Spirit speaks. We have to listen. We have to then take action on what the Holy Spirit says. Now, in the forge a couple weeks ago, you know, referred to uh, Third Rock from the Sun, the comedy sitcom from a few years back, and think even Mork from Mork and, and, and so on, years, decades before that. And, and you know, there's the one character in Third Rock, uh, there would be communication coming from their other planet. And the one guy was the transmitter, and he would, you know, and then he'd do something like that, and, you know, words would be speaking through him, but he would not be there. He would be, you know, not conscious to what was going on, but yet this force from another planet would speak through him and give the message, whatever the message is, and then the message is over, and he comes to like, oh, what happened? Sometimes that's how we view the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will speak. And we have to listen. And then you're at the crossroads. Do you obey or not? Well, what if we're not sure? It's another sermon. Read read your word. 
I know, as I said, and, and we're about done here today, it may have been a little bit underwhelming from what your expectations were today. But let me assure you, this is significant. This is foundational. You cannot understand anything about the gifts of the Spirit until you understand some foundational principles of why there is the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, in a minute, our altars are going to be open as we uh, dismiss in a second. Uh, if you're here today, and maybe, maybe you're not born again. I'm not sure what that is. I, I've never received Jesus in my heart. If that's you today, I invite you as we dismiss to come on up. Jake will be up here. I'll be up here. Chuck may or may not be, but honestly, he may be a little bit druggy, you know. Where, where's Chuck at? Yeah. You're downstairs? Yeah. There will be people up here to pray with you. For others, that you might be here today saying, I'm born again, I have Jesus in my heart, but I don't know that the Holy Spirit is, is leading my life. Honestly, I think I've let too much of the world in. I hear the world screaming, and that's what I'm listening to. Come on up. We'll pray with you so that you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more than the voice of the world. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You we thank You, Lord, for what You've done. You take care of us beyond our imagination. You provide another of the same kind. Oh, we thank You, Holy Spirit, that You live inside of us. Live big inside of us. Be our teacher. Be our comforter. Be our helper. Be our advocate. Help us to accomplish what the Father wants to accomplish in our lives. Oh, Father, I pray that this morning as, as we dismiss for those that You're speaking to right now, that You continue to knock on the, those hearts. And if you're here this morning and you feel that tug on your heart, don't you dare leave this place without somebody praying with you. Father, we give You all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.